five, four, three, two, one. Lift off. And Francis Galton was a statistician, also committed to looking at the scarcity of resources and how these other ethnicities are going to infringe on our pure white Aryan supremacy. So Francis says, hey, older cousin uh, Charles Darwin, why don't we come up with something we call eugenics? That means well-born. So we could say we're well-born and provide a scientific justification for exterminating everyone else that would infringe upon our pure white supremacy. Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. So this is my fifth book, and people always ask me, well, how are you a writer? I mean, what's it like to be a writer? And I tell them, look, I only write under the uh, under the guidance of Holy Spirit. So I really, to me, to crank out these five books, it's just... It just comes. It just flows. It's not. Now, there is a lot of research, especially in this this latest one, a lot footnoted, this you is know, big. in notes, everything. Yeah, because uh, there's things that we need to bring out in it. So but it's all under divine inspiration. So it's not it wasn't rigorous for me. This book was literally written in about five weeks, six weeks. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just flowing. It, the Holy Spirit just says, okay, look here, get that resource. Okay, look what they said. Boom. And look, put this together. Look how that. So, um, so really what I'm going after with this book is uh, we, we hear so much in the woke movement about white supremacy and racism. And um, we know the woke movement is foundationally, principally uh, a, a Marxist movement. Mm-hmm. So I started there. I said, okay, well, I need to go to the foundations of Marx to better understand how wokeism began to adopt Karl Marx and Marxism. And I said, but before I do that, I need to go and figure out who was Marx's mentor, discipler, uh, primary uh, you know, mentor in that way. And I realized that Marx and Engels dedicated all of their early works to Charles Robert Darwin. Hmm. I thought, oh, wow. huh, okay, I need to study Darwin. When I went to Darwin's works, his, his first the book on natural selection, the subheading, in the subheading, it says, for the preservation of most favored races. So it says natural selection, it has a couple other words. Then it says, for the preservation of most favored races. And I thought, like, what? How did we... How do we miss this? Yeah. So then I thought, well, so Darwin actually segmented races. And then I thought, okay, well, let me look at his other work. In The Descent of Man, he goes way in and he says, look, the white Aryan race is absolutely supreme gen- genetically, DNA and everything else. They have the best uh, genealogical makeup. He says blacks, on the other hand, are apes. Gorillas oh my gosh. and savages, subhuman. So a lot of Ugh. people say, uh, how did the people in the 1800s get the distinctions of subhumans and really believing that blacks were subhumans? Darwin. Darwin. Wow. Yep. Remember, 
Darwin was a scientific mind. He was noted at the time as being an anthropological genius. His works then and now, uh, you know, transcend generations. This man was the first man of his stature to come out and literally inculcate white supremacy and racism. I'm not saying that disparagingly about Daring. I'm saying that as a matter of fact, historical yeah. fact. Now, here's here's here. When I gave my wife the title of the book and I said, because the subtitle is finally putting an axe to the taproot of white supremacy and racism in America. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, if you look at the bottom, she says, well, how, how are you going to debt? Because a taproot is the main root, the main artery that feeds the plant or the tree. Mm -hmm. She says that means you would have to identify a single individual that that created white supremacy and racism. She says, look, we know since the, the fall of man and the Garden of Eden that it's always been around. So I said, yeah, absolutely. Supremacy, uh, these different ethnicities, different tribes during the ancient biblical times, they thought that they were supreme to other tribes, whatever, whatever. So we had, uh, you know, tribal conflicts and race conflicts in that way. But it wasn't distinguished as such until Darwin. So, so let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Darwin. So even so, all of that was happening. We had you know, and, and people would just see people and they say, well, I don't like you because of it. But there was no scientific mind. There was no anthropological distinction for white supremacy. It didn't exist. It didn't exist. Mm. Uh, there was no uh, anthropological and scientific distinction for racism. It didn't exist. Now, did races exist? Yes, because in 1770, there was a guy by the name of Johann Friedrich Blumenbach that actually did race classifications. This is the important thing about Blumenbach's work. He was the predecessor. He was the forerunner of Darwin. This okay. is the importance of his work. What he did is he says, look, uh, yes, there are classifications of races. They're based on geography. So he looked at the seven continents. Two of them were, you know, not, there was nobody on those, Antarctica and whatever. So he says, look, the five classifications that we have is, you know, the Mongolians or those in Asia, the, you know, so he came up with five broad classification of races based on continents. Darwin saw Blumenbach's work because he came around the 1800s, the okay. early 1800s. And he said, hmm, Okay, uh, that's primarily race classification. Here's the other thing that Blumenbach said is there is no distinction, no um, no intellectual or um, uh, uh, cognitive uh, distinctions between whites and blacks. He says blacks said that they're exactly the same as whites. This is in 1770. Wow. So Darwin comes along. In 18, uh, I think his first works were 1835, but he was born in 1818. He comes around 1835 and starts his work. And he says, no, that's not good enough. Um, because he was tutored. I'm giving you all the insights here. He mm -hmm. was tutored by his older cousin, Malthus. I don't know if you've heard of Malthusian mm -hmm. eugenics or Malthus. I've heard so the term. Malthus, I don't know much about it. Malthus was the was a scientist and an anthropologist as well. He was Darwin's first cousin and older cousin. 
that said, look, we have a scarcity of resources. And if ethnicities, these ethnicities all over the planet, continue to uh, bear more children, they are going to infringe on our pure white um, um, uh, Aryan superiority and the resources that we actually have to maintain our pure white race. He was so committed to white supremacy, Malthus was, that he married his first cousin. He knew the potential risk of their childbearing, but he was committed to white supremacy. That's why he married his first cousin. Wow. That set the precedence for Darwin. Darwin as well, Malthus was his oldest cousin and, and tutored him and mentored him. Darwin married his first cousin had 10 children with her, but it was his first cousin because he was so committed to Aryan supremacy, white supremacy. A lot of people don't know this. No. So, 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 so here's the other thing that, that with his older cousin saying there's scarcity of resources, Darwin said, okay, we can't go with Blumenbach's narratives that blacks are equal. We have to show ethnicities are completely distinct and different based on skin color. So he took those five general classifications based on geography, and he said, no, skin color really matters here. As a scientist, I can make the distinction that blacks can be subcategorized as subhumans, apes, savages, gorillas, and, and, and whites are pure, and therefore, I can work with my then younger cousin, who is uh, Francis Galton, and we can come up with scientific justification for exterminating all of those other ethnicities that would, uh, that would infringe upon our pure white supremacy. We are going to start that. So he worked with his younger cousin. This is all in a family. One crazy family, if you could see. Yeah. Uh, Francis Galton. And Francis Galton was a statistician, also committed to looking at the scarcity of resources and how these other ethnicities are going to infringe on our pure white Aryan supremacy. So Francis says, hey, older cousin uh, Charles Darwin, why don't we come up with something we call eugenics? That means well-born. So we could say we're well-born and provide a scientific justification for exterminating everyone else that would infringe upon our pure white supremacy. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belt, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't, you couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you, even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.